Welcome back to Under the Husk, your podcast for all things corn. It's been a couple weeks. I have been in Ireland uh, seeing the sights, drinking the Guinness, uh, and for one night, sleeping in a hostel, which was an interesting experience. But alas, we are back to business We are just about two weeks out from the vet draft and there is content to be served. I've got Gino on my right. We are doing a four beer episode today. No, 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 no. A four beer freedom episode. Oh, freedom. Yeah, we got the uh, the Bud Heavies, which is kind of a sick move from Gino. But we have them, and we're going to drink them. One down. Uh, and today we will be highlighting four more teams pre-vet draft, starting with our champion, Boats and Young Ho, followed by our last place team, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Followed by everybody's favorite sea creature, Prawn, the shrimp. He's doing it. <laughs> and last but not least, a potential F word, <laughs> Jew Orleans Saints. Gino, what do you got for us? Uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm sure you enjoyed Ireland. Uh, we were planning to go next April and May, the Giela family, us five, uh, potentially significant others. So um, I got to talk to you a little bit about Ireland. Glad that you're back. Glad that we're recording again. We should have been about three, four days out for the vet draft, but we've had some interesting league members speak up about their availability. So we're going to push that back to the 14th. Might not be a bad, or the 11th, might not be a bad thing. But we'll all have to wait, and I don't really like waiting. I'm impatient, but here we are. That's the hand that we're dealt. And uh, I think we're going to start off today. We're, we're obviously going to cover these four teams. Uh, we're going to talk about player needs, salary cap, what have you. You know, players that we think these guys may go after. Um, but that being said, we're going to let Gino talk about a few of the big news items in the NFL. I know we're all fucking spamming refresh on Twitter with all these teams back in camp, but there have been a few items that I think mm-hmm. are pertinent to our league and uh, whether they're players on rosters that have just signed in new places, injury news, uh, Gino's going to talk about that. Yeah, so the big story is down in Tampa, the signing of Julio Jones, 33-year-old, obviously uh, a beast in his prime, a little bit after his prime, but still should serve as that potential wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Uh, so Snake Eyes, rostering him now, got him for what very cheap from DMP. So might might prove to be valuable down the, the stretch here in the season. Another news that's happening. No, real quick before you before you get out of the Julio segment, did you see that video clip? He looked like fucking Eric Ebron. Like he he uh, he, he, uh, he didn't look like Julio. He was moving quite. No, Clunkily. I, I mean, yeah, he's not he's not vintage Julio, but I think he's, he's looking big, like big. Though. He's, he's still got something in that tank. <laughs> uh, he's not completely done, and the, the big thing with him has been injuries. So I think if he stays healthy, which if is the, the big corner end, falls, he's got. We'll it. see. Um, he'll certainly take some goal line touchdowns away from certain people. Uh, so you never know how many touchdowns he's going to get, but uh, he could be a, a, an end zone fade type of guy. He never does. He never scores touchdowns. I had him. I had him two years in a row, and Bob. The man had like 1,300 yards, 100 whatever receptions, and like two touchdowns. Yeah, there were some seasons where he didn't have a lot of touchdowns. Now he's got now he's got Tom he's got go. he's got Tom throwing the ball not Matt Ryan but still it was uh, yeah I mean he has only had double digits once that's um, pretty bad I mean yeah. not bad he's a Hall of Fame but those last two seasons bad. that he were healthy eight six. Uh, you know, eight in 2015, another six in 2014. He's going to get some touchdowns. He's a big body. Uh, they're going to find a way to use him. Um, certainly, Tom is going to throw him in the end zone, in the red zone. That's what I think. Let's see him make the team first. Well, pfft, he's going to make the team. Uh, the other news and note happening around Tampa Bay is Chris Godwin was off the PUP for a guy who had ACL surgery in January. I Many thought that he was going to be put on the PUP and actually miss some time. He still can miss some time, uh, but not being on the PUP is a pretty good sign. Uh, the week the week one is still about six weeks away, so that's a really encouraging sign. He happens to be a free agent, so it's not like we're hyping up one team. Evil Stevie had him, then dropped him, so he might be a target that's uh, ex- increasing in price over the next two weeks as we look to the vet draft. 
And then the last news and note, which is also in Tampa, happened today. Ryan Jensen, the center, looks to be a significant knee injury. If that is the case, Tampa Bay will have lost their center, left guard, and right guard. Uh, two to free agency, and obviously Jensen injury. Not very good for the outlook there, but they are still a very high-powered offense, so we'll see. Those are all my news and notes. I'm going to go get a second beer. Yeah, I got, I got a little bit more. One's like no news being news, and that is we still have heard almost nothing. It's, it's actually crazily quiet on the Deshaun Watson front, although – Things that I've been hearing, it sounds like eight games is what people are expecting. So yep. it'll be interesting if we don't have an official ruling by the time of our vet draft. If Are people going to use the eight game mark? Uh, are people saying, I don't care. I just want them on my team for dynasty purposes. So that's one thing. And then one more, sort of just uh, selfishly speaking here. We've moved on to Trey were the words that came out of Shanahan's mouth. Yeah, It's time. Have fun with that. It's time. I'm going to have fun with that, but it is time. Um, that's all. I think that's really actually all for the news and notes. But if you guys have anything, let us know. We can talk about it next week. Um, but as I said, I'm sure you are all spamming Twitter and looking for anything you can get. There's one more news and notes. Robert Woods shed the knee brace. Uh, so that is very, very big news for a potential wide receiver. One in Tennessee. Hey, I will say, I've seen some highlights. He does look spry. I don't want to give you anything to jerk off about. But he, he looks pretty good, and he's smiling. He's happy to be down there. Love me some Bobby Trees. All right. All right. That is all for the news and notes segment. We will be moving in to the pre-vet draft team highlights. First team we will be talking about is... The reigning champ, Boats and Youngho. He finished last year's in the regular season with a very respectable 10-4 and record in the Palestine division. A very tough division at that. He will be heading into the season with $63 to spend. Uh, and let me just take a quick look here. Uh, I want to see how many players he eighteen. Got. He's got eighteen on his roster. That's his number. So, you know, you, you look at that, and I, I think he may think that his lineup is is ready to go. But uh, when you have eighteen guys on a twenty five team or twenty five player roster, uh, you know. It can get thin quickly if, if you if you put big money into just a couple guys. So Sanchez has $63. Uh, I think as a group here, we've discussed that he needs a uh, tight end. Um, but don't we all? Uh, I personally think that he can certainly roll with Zach Ertz this year. I think especially given the fact that... Um, you got Nuke out for the first six weeks. You mm-hmm. got, even though they played in college, you got Hollywood coming over to a new offense, a, a new system. He's got to figure that out. I think Ertz is going to be a safety blanket for a while over there. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank career-wise, but he was great last year. I think he's going to be good again. He's got very little competition. Um, and then, you know, he, he acquires Brees Hall in that blockbuster trade. But uh, when you look at that roster, I think maybe a little bit of depth at the running back or quarterback position uh, could be uh, a move for Sanchez. Now, the question becomes, does he spread that money out, bolster what already are some great positional rooms, or does Sanchez try to make a splash uh, for one of these guys like a Zeke um, or or even a Pitts type of tight end? I don't know. I, I think... Sanchez has played the sort of the all in, but also acquiring young guys and and not being so crazy about uh, just being short sighted. So you never know, but I think he'll take the smart route. I don't think he's going to make any big splashes. I think he's just going to bolster and 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 add depth, which would be the smart move in my decision or in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if he kept Zeke, he'd be right up against it with probably the lowest cap space in the league. So I think cutting him was was necessary. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. I think last year on his route to a championship, we always talked about having two strong quarterbacks. He probably has the strongest room. Uh, still Josh Allen on a pretty expensive deal for another year. MVP candidate, probably a shoe-in for 400-plus points, probably going to be QB1. And then you got Tom Brady back with you know some new 
weapons, I still think he's going to be 350-plus points. So I think you're set there. However, bye week, God forbid one of those guys gets hurt, you're probably going to need to add some sort of depth piece. So I think it should be interesting to see what he does there. Maybe a Gino Smith. Maybe a Baker Mayfield. Who knows? Running back position, I do think depth is needed, but I still think he's deep enough to get by. Uh, you look at guys like Chase Edmonds, who could emerge and is likely the running back one. Brees Hall, likely the running back one, although unproven. Uh, and then you got A.J. Dillon, who's you know a serviceable. He scored 200 points last year. He's probably going to get close to 10 touchdowns. Then you got a guy who I really like, Hefe Wilson, uh, who could really make an impact on that San Francisco backfield if anything happens to Eliza Mitchell or, or the rookie. Uh, wide receivers, he's set. He traded for Keenan. He's got Cup. Hunter Renfro on a $2 deal. Devontae Smith and Thielen, very, very deep wide receiving core. Probably one of the deepest in the league. Um, but tight end, I think, is the big one here because, yes, I agree with you. Zach Ertz will carry some of the load the first six weeks with no nuke. And also, by the way, Marquise Brown is hurt, and it's a hamstring injury. Probably be out for two weeks. So, you know, that's going to build some repertoire in camp with, with uh, Kyler. But I still think... You have to go into the season with a little bit of a bigger playmaker and a bit bigger X factor at the tight end position. I wouldn't be surprised here if Sanchez tries to move $40 to get one of those big names, Pitts Waller. Uh, to your point, though, I think he's going to stay smart and probably get that roster from 18 probably to 23 and try and get four players that are, you know, depth pieces, quality, young positional pieces that he could build around. Um, looking like a, a quarterback depth here, but Again, I don't really see too much need for Sanchez to address um, outside of the tight end position. So if he decides to push his chips in the middle, go for a repeat, I think a, a you know Waller or a Pitts will probably suffice there with the $63 in cap. Yeah, it's a, it's a good breakdown. I think looking a little bit ahead, we have some time here to talk about these teams and really sink our teeth into it. On the surface, Tom Brady and Josh Allen – is fantastic you know that's got to be if not the best one of the top three quarterback tandems josh allen is on a 72 dollar contract tom brady i we don't know how many more years he's got left let's call it one let's call it one uh what do you do there if you're going all in trying to win and then you don't get that draft position i don't even know if he has his first round pick to be honest with you but I think there's a there's a thought process that probably needs to be had by Sanchez that that looks at one of these guys like I don't know, um, like a I don't even like a Baker um, or even like a fucking like is is uh, let's see. Well, Geno Smith's not even available. I keep saying Geno Smith. I meant to say Drew Locke. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, but you but, got, you got a Baker. You got you can do J- Jacoby Brissett. Um, mm-hmm. I mean. There's not much because you got to think no. he can't afford Kyler or Rogers, but no. when you, like that's something to look at for the future. But also, I think the name of the game for Sanchez this year is going to be injuries. It's always injuries for everybody, but mm-hmm. when you got 18 guys in your roster and you have 63 bucks and you're trying to win a championship, positions get thin. He's got yeah. a really deep wide receiver room, like you mentioned, but. We're starting three wide receivers, right? Uh, yeah. Things can get out of hand quickly when, when, the, when the waiver is not deep and you don't have a lot of money and you're trying to win. And- 100%. And, I mean, just looking at – I don't want to do this because it's looking really far ahead. Look at Sanchez's week seven bye week breakdown. Josh Allen's on a bye. Cooper Cup's on a bye. Devontae Smith's on a bye. Adam Thielen's on a bye. So, yeah, you have a very deep wide receiver core, but week seven you're really left with Hunter Renfro and Keenan Allen. So do you add a nice piece and wide receiver there? There's a lot of questions I think Sanchez has No, we can do this. This, is the, this right. is the reigning champ. We're allowed to ridicule his squad. Right. I think he could take it. But that being said, I think Sanchez is in a very advantageous position because he already has a crown. So if he doesn't win again for 10 years, he could always say, oh, I'm the original OG Cornman winner and can't really knock him for it. Do I think that there's a steep slope next year? I do, because Josh Allen is going to be, what, north of $85, and Tom Brady's probably going to be retired, so there's going to be some decisions to be had. Keenan Allen's going to be a year older, and he's going to be $50. There are some decisions to be had. Sanchez has done well with the trades, though, so I can see him pulling a rabbit out of the hat. but 100%, and that's what you have to give him credit for. But to your point, it's only 18 players. It's only $63. 
Um, that window's like got a crack open. Right. So, <laughs> and to my point, uh, look, can you win a championship with a really good roster in Ertz? Absolutely. Um, I think you have a much better position with Waller or Pitts. But again, that, that's the decision Sanchez is going to have to make. If I were Sanchez, I say, look, let's go for the repeat. Let's put 45 into Waller wow. or Pitts. That's what I would do. Uh, and no would touch, have, Gino. No finesse, Gino. No finesse, Gino. But I'm telling you right now, because also Ertz is, what, 31? No, he's not getting any so, and, and they drafted a guy, too. Right. A good guy. A good guy, too. <clears throat> so, again, I mean, yeah, the window's tight. Um, you know, you're starting to see these salary uh, numbers jump this time next year when cornflation hits. So there's a lot that Sanchez could do. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go after a big name and just add six, you know, depth pieces all at three dollars a pop. Is Sanchez? A, we're doing all this talking. Is Sanchez a fraud long term? Oh, long term. Cap hell for sure. I, I no, know. I don't want to throw that word around. I don't want to throw that word around without without really any bearing. He's he's a favorite to be the champion this year, but. You know, we're, we're, oh, we're going to be formidable. We're, we're this breaking year, sure. down these these rosters, and we're talking about everything. So, uh, I it's 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 getting tight in there, and it could get tight even mid season. So it'd be interesting. I always just like to put myself in the owner's position. What's, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I about to say I always like to put myself in the owner's position. Say, what would I do with the roster, the makeup, the cap space? To me, I think I'm pushing all the chips in and saying if it works out, my repeat great. And the best way to do that is go after a tight end, uh, in my opinion. But you want a record breakdown? I say Sanchez is very, very similar to what he was last year, so I'll give him that ten and four. Okay, um, because he still is locked and loaded. With granted, they both have a bye week, but the Allen and the Brady—that's going to be probably the best QB room in the league. The wide receiver depth we talked about is really good. If he gets Chase Edmonds to be the clear cut running back one in Miami, that's a big ask. If he gets Brees Hall to be a really, really good rookie, big ask. Then all of a sudden I could see a repeat. So I'm going to give him ten and four quality team contender. Will he get over the edge again and will he repeat? I don't know. We'll have to see it. Yeah, I, I think uh, when you look at that division, even though I faded him last week, uh, EP has a very solid team, and in my opinion, he's the. I think he's the guy that pushes boats the most in that division. So I do think in terms of. If you want to look at like an NFL comp type of situation, I see boats being like a Tampa Bay or a Rams in their division in the sense mm-hmm. that there's maybe not as much the Bucks because there's not really anyone challenging them there. The Saints aren't. I don't think they're there. Mm, but I could see EP being like a Niners to the Sanchez's Rams where if he falters at all, they're going to they're gonna jump on him. But I agree. I think Sanchez maybe loses a game, an extra game, goes 9-6 and six instead of – or sorry, 9-5 and five instead of 10-4. and four. Um, But I do think he's going to – he's certainly punching his ticket back to the playoffs, and it will be a matter of, of health and depth on that team if, if he can repeat. So I agree. All right. Sanchez, that's all for you. Enjoy Glad we got that over with. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the championship for another couple of days, you scumbag. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to move on to our next team, Snake Eyes, finishing with a 3-11 and record uh, in the Israel division. What can you say? It was a disappointing year for Snake Eyes. I think he maybe went a little too hard on the Jets players in the startup, uh, but... He has made some very intriguing moves. He's freed up a good amount of cap space, uh, and he has his eyes to the future. Um, I think he is certainly going to do everything in his power to avoid the same fate this year. Um, And you know what? It is a start to a new season. You have the promise of the zero and zero record. But let's get into the team. Uh, He is coming into this vet draft with $73 to spend and he has 23 players on his roster so this is a different situation for uh snake eyes he can say I have $73 to go in on two guys and he will uh Mm -hmm. it's interesting to to look at the roster and and make a decision I think the glaring uh hole in this roster is an RB1 um, you look at that running back room, Tyler Algier, he actually has had some nice reports that 
uh, rosters wide open for the taking. James Conner, he was great last year. What did he have left in the tank? Uh, Khalil Herbert, he flashed, but he's behind Montgomery. And then Damian Pierce, that's maybe the starting running back for Houston, but potentially he's the starting running back for Houston. So I think these are guys who could potentially – he's got three young guys and one older guy on his roster, but I don't think outside of Connor any of them project to be too relevant early on. So you look at that money, you look at the amount of guys on the roster, I think this screams – running back mm-hmm. uh, in this vet draft. Oh, yeah. Then you look, you go back, you look at who the guys are that are, are available in this vet draft. You got Zeke. You got Antonio Gibson. You got Alvin Kamara. Uh, you got Clyde Gibson's Edwards. I'm just saying, these are names that I think had you pulled the league pre- maybe startup draft last year, you never would have thought they would have been right. available. So... He's probably got his pick of the litter. I know there's guys who have more money, but I don't know that anyone's going to necessarily want to spend more than $73 on any of these guys. Um, And he will because he can. And he will because he can. Exactly. Uh, That being said, though, running back is not the only concern. Um, He could – I mean it's the biggest concern and he could probably use some depth. So maybe a guy like Rashad Penny, uh, you know, maybe a – Maybe a Sony Michelle. I won't pick one of those Dolphins running backs to bolster maybe a top end guy, but uh, I think when you look at the roster uh, for Snake Eyes, he's he's done some interesting stuff. He's got a lot of wide receivers on that roster, and unfortunately, he will not be receiving any compensation for the uh, diagnosis of acute something or another leukemia for. Uh, Mechie, but that being said, it is treatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be back next year. It's a tough blow. He'll essentially be a rookie next year, so there's a decision to be made. But I think at three dollars, you got to keep him. Um, but you got you have interesting guys on that roster. I, I don't I don't think that there there's many studs outside of AJ Brown. But you have young guys who I think are the building blocks for. Uh, a successful organization maybe two, three years down the road. So I think with asset management and a good vet draft here, uh, Snake Eyes is, is on their way to uh, competing and, and you know, being, being a, a, a model rebuild for this league early on, when, when uh, earlier than some people would be doing it um, because they probably falsely believe that they're contenders. Yeah, I mean, looking at his roster, he's got seven rookies, 23 players. About 30% of the roster is made up of rookies uh, and some good ones. But if you want to start top down, uh, looking at the quarterback situation, I actually like the the room. Uh, not love, but I like the room because I'm really bullish on Kirk Cousins this year. I think he's going to pass a ton in Minnesota, and I do like him for the $7. And obviously, Tanelli made a big gamble on Zach Wilson. Let's see if it pays off this year. Davis Mills, I'm a little hesitant about just because of the potential Garoppolo trade. So someone who could be uh, a starting quarterback all of a sudden could be useless at $4 on the roster. Then you have Malik Willis, the project. So I don't think Tanelli is going to spend a dollar on quarterbacks nor does he need to. Running backs, like you mentioned before, uh, we were talking about pre-show. That's where he's going to allocate a lot of the money. Uh, I like James Conner as an RB2. He had 275 points last year. So uh, will he repeat that performance? No, but will he be in that 250 range? Probably. Um, but again, with only 23 players, so you can only add two and $73, it's going to be hard to outbid Tonelli on a running back. And I know there's people with more cap space than him, but those people probably have a little bit greater needs um, that they have to address across the board. So I think Tonelli gets really aggressive in a Camara if he doesn't get suspended. He gets really aggressive with a Zeke. He could go Gibson. He could go Clyde. Uh, but I think he goes one of those top two guys. And for the running uh, wide receiver room, he did get a little bit of a boost with the Julio Jones signing um, at only $2. Julio Jones potentially might be a starter on this roster. Um, I say potentially because if you look at the really top three guys on his uh, receiving core, you have A.J. Brown, you have rookie uh, Garrett Wilson, and in my opinion, Gabe Davis, the three. 
So now you make a decision on a week-to-week basis, like do you start Tim Patrick? Do you start you know, a rookie like David Bell if he emerges over Donovan Peoples-Jones? There's a lot that you can mix and match with. Does Mecole Hardman become a young Tyree Kill? We've been saying that for three years. Probably not. So there's a lot that you could do. What I like about Tonelli's team, though, another thing, is he's set with two, count them, two quality tight ends. So he has a very expensive Travis Kelsey, probably only keep for this year. Uh, and once he cuts him that $67 off the cap, Travis Kelsey is going to be the tight end one this year. I don't think there's any doubt oh, about yeah. it. I mean, he might be the most valuable fantasy asset in right. the league. This and I year. think it was a, it was a must keep for Tonelli um, because he is the most valuable player on this team. Well, look at his right. He's not paying anyone more than $20 out. Oh, right. sorry. He's got A.J. Brown at 60 But he's, he's top heavy. So right. those guys are probably both gone. Yep. Noah Fant, I think— I don't want to say it was interesting to keep him given the uh, quarterback situation. Um, however, at $20, I don't think he, $19, I don't think he was that much of a, a hit to the cap. And also, too, like Noah Fant's a very talented player. Trade piece, potentially. Mid-year. Trade piece. God forbid something happens to Kelsey. Again, he only has two tight ends, but he has two serviceable tight ends. So let's just say none of those wide receivers that we mentioned before pops. There might be weeks, I envision this, where Noah Fant is actually that second flex. I. I yeah, absolutely. I'm not calling out. So I think if I'm Tonelli, the decision's very easy, and I'm a little bit envious of that. I, I think most owners are where, look, you, you have a direction. You have two players and $73, and you need a running back. Go fill it. Right? So if Tonelli uses $70 on one running back, he could throw $3 at whomever. It doesn't matter. And I think his team gets immediately better. Now, will it be a playoff team? Remains to be seen. I think it's it's still too thin in the wide receiver room. It's still not good enough at the quarterback room, but I still think it's an improvement from last year, especially given what PC adds at running back. A no suspension Alvin Kamara at $65, $68 makes his team a lot better. For sure. Uh, if he gets an Antonio Gibson, a Clyde, uh, you know. So, again, there, there's a range of outcomes here. I think if I'm just going to cap it at a record, I would say Tonelli is going to be 6-10. and 10. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, 6-8. Okay, and and I mean that's a that's a substantial. He's doubled his win total. If that's your yeah. prediction, um, and competitive, and I think that there's a few games in there where where Tonelli's looking at some bye week trouble again. I don't want to get into it with Sanchez, but he, he's got a terrible week seven as well. Uh, no Kirk, no AJ Brown, no Gabe Davis. But again, I don't want to get into it bye week that much. We'll get into it once the rosters are full, but I think Tonelli's going to be a little bit more competitive than he was last year, and again, I think his best years are clearly ahead of him. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think you have, it can't be overstated that he has three starting quarterbacks, which a lot of teams cannot say no. uh, in our league. So I think no matter what, every single week he has the ability to start. To, I mean, I'm not looking at their buys. He, that's, oh no, he, he has the ability to start two quarterbacks every single week. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams can't say that. And that, even if they're not top end guys, because let's be honest, they're not, um, that keeps you in a matchup. And then you it got does. a guy like Kelsey. Uh, you got a guy like AJ Brown if, it, if things work out over there. If some of these things come together, I don't think that there's necessarily anything stopping Tonelli from achieving a 500 record um, no not at all and, and of course we're all looking at this like i want to win the championship but he's got some Small first round wins. picks he's right. got some first round picks next year uh and i think it's a it's a move in the right direction so you know i'm actually gonna i'm gonna go on i'm gonna be on tonelli this year i am too i'm, I'm too i'm gonna say seven and seven i think he's gonna surprise I, I I gotta play him twice this year. I I'm, I think that he can nab a game off of any team in mm-hmm. this league. Uh, it's a matter of do those rookies pan out, mm-hmm. um, and what does he do in this vet draft? Because he's not he's not the type of guy who's worried like a Sanchez or someone else who's got eighteen guys on his roster and he's got to yeah. fill it out. He just can say he can go into the season. He can go into this vet draft, get one guy. Go into the season with twenty bucks or so of free agent dollars, and that's it. And and he's good to go. There's Isn't it the most Tanelli thing in the world to log into the vet draft at eight oh one, bid seventy one dollars for Camara at eight oh three, turn his laptop yep. off and just say fuck it. Take one else. of his fucking CBN edibles and be in bed by ten o'clock. That's the most Tanelli thing yeah, in the world. One hundred percent. To your point too, I, I think injuries ahead of some of these rookies will really dictate how good Tanelli does. If Tyler Algier 
however you pronounce his name, is the starting running back by week three due to injuries, that's huge. Is Dame Pierce the starting running back by week three because of injuries, that's huge too. Same thing with David Bell. Yeah. You know, same thing with some of these other guys. So there's, there's a range of outcomes. I think Tonelli improves. I'm on him too. I'm buying it. If nothing else, it is going to be uh, an exciting year for Snake Eyes because of the potential. I mean, I'll tell you what, of anyone, he's going to have the most fun watching the preseason this year because he's got guys really fighting for you know, a top three receiver on a team or, you know, getting touches as a running back. So we're, uh, I think we, I would say as a, as a group, we're, we're, you know, you want your teams in the league to be as competitive as possible. And I think after a tough season today, he's going to really, he's going to give it a go. And, And he's in a good spot with a roster that can last. So, uh, that's all for Snake Eyes. Oh, and he has a Wilson to Wilson stack. He probably does, the he, best name of any stack. He does. He does have Wilson James squared. James Olave sounds nice too, but yeah, Wilson Wilson's a little better. So that's our first two uh, teams that we're going to highlight. We are going to go to a quick ad read before we get back for The Shrimp and Jew Orleans Saints. Finnegan's Irish Pub. Come on in for a good time and good fun. We have the best wings in town. We also have every NFL game. So watch your team with us. Oh, wait, there's more. Premier League matches, darts, live music every Friday and Sunday, and we have a party room available for private events. So stop on by, have a pint or two, and say hello. You'll be glad that you did. Finnegan's Irish Pub, 734 Willow Avenue. Thanks, Gino. We will be there in about 45 minutes, if I had to guess. Roughly. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, when you talk about gold, maybe even platinum-level sponsors, Finnegan's obviously, they're right in the mix there. They got a great pint of Guinness. I I think you could argue the best in Hoboken. Uh, Are you best rap? They got a great tendy. A great tendy, um, and you know what? It's just the vibe that you're looking for when when you're when you're going out. So Finnegan's, thank you for being a sponsor. Thank you for being a local watering hole. Although, we will see you tonight. Although a tough place to get away with vaping. Yeah, they don't love the vaping. Hey mate, can't vape in here. Yeah, they don't love the vaping, but if anything, that's good for Gino. He's trying to quit. So yeah. he, so he says. I have. Let's see how many steps I did today. Somehow that means anything to the quitting of the vape. Uh, but 91 minutes of exercise, 922 calories burnt, 7,500 steps, distance traveled, 3.8. Oh, I didn't run this morning. I, right. just, I just did arms. We, we know what happens when you get into the advanced analytics. It usually doesn't work out for you. health. Anyway, thank you for that beautiful ad read. Any sponsors out there want to get in touch? Hit up Gino on his Apple Watch. Uh, our next team that we will be highlighting. Fan favorite. Owned by Tyler Rote, your favorite lib. The Shrimp. Uh, he finished last season with an 8-6 and six record in Palestine. He did make the playoffs after, uh, regrettably, a lot of shit-talking from the two co-hosts here on mm-hmm. this podcast. He, he proved us wrong, uh, and, he, and he made a good push. He's got $78 that he can go into the season with, and he has 17 players on, sorry, eight, no, 17, 17 players on his roster. Uh, there is one very obvious need on that roster, and that is quarterback. He's coming into the season with Jared Goff, who I love, who is a great quarterback, and Matt Corral, who is buried behind two bum asses. Sam Darnold and <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Uh, so you look at the shrimp, you look at the triumphs that he had. I, I don't know what type of voodoo magic he may have been doing last year, but uh, he put together a very respectable year um, on the back of some some good performances. He, he definitely tore it down a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. dropped some big-name players. He comes into the season with uh, – Justin Jefferson being his highest paid player at $64, uh, followed by a $55 Aaron Jones. I would imagine J. Jeff gets one, maybe two more years on that deal. I would imagine beyond that, Aaron Jones is done after this season at $55. Um, 
uh, he's got 17 roster spots taken at the moment. So while that $78 sounds like a lot of money, I don't think it is. Um, He needs that quarterback. He's talked about, I'm going to spend whatever amount of money necessary to get a Kyler or a Rodgers. I don't know if it's going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, could you get one or two of those guys? Could you get one of those two? I, I think so, yes. But what does that mean for the rest of your roster when right. you're looking at a wide receiver room that has a J. Jeff and then – I mean, Elijah Moore's not bad. But I, I think there's – there's of, of, of all of the teams, Rote is going to have the decision to, to say, do I – am I one quarterback away or do I really need to bolster – a lot of different areas. Maybe maybe he trades away a piece uh, for a quarterback. Maybe uh, he tanks. I, I don't know. Uh, but I think the shrimp, after a very uh, encouraging last season, maybe uh-huh. uh, to everyone's surprise, he's in an interesting situation. Very interesting situation. And like you said at the top of the, the recap, he got rid of some pieces, including Rashad Bateman, who's a young receiver, Adam Thielen, although it made sense because he also has Jay Jeff. Um, he got rid of, <clears throat> I'm sorry, he acquired TJ Hawkinson and also acquired Michael Carter. So he did do some moves in the offseason. However, the big glaring, it just hurts my eyes that his two quarterbacks are Jared Goff and Matt Corral. Uh, Matt Corral, we know, is not two on the depth chart. He's three on the depth chart. And I don't think he's going to see the field at all this year. Uh, Jared Goff, I... He's going to have a nice season in Detroit. He's not going to be QB1. He's going to be in that QB, let's call it 18 to 24 range, right? And that's probably generous. So you definitely need to address the quarterback room. To your point, you know, we talked about it last week. Rodgers and Kyler, they could go for $70, $80. And I certainly think Kyler's probably going to go for 75 plus. So if Shrimp pushes all the chips in the pot on one of those two QBs, great. But now you only have 18 total players, and your second quarterback is Jared Goff. So how much better did it make you? So a lot of interesting decisions to make. I actually think he's set on the running back situation. He has Lenny on a four-year deal, uh, four-dollar contract. So I love yeah, that's that. That's riding out into the sunset for sure. Right. Um, Aaron Jones at 55, like you said, maybe not beyond this year, but certainly for this year. And I think he's a a low-end RB one. Uh, James Robinson, another guy, when we missed it on the news and notes around the league, he's practicing. So, yeah, he might not be full go week one, but a lot of people fear that he might miss he six weeks. He still tore his Achilles. No, 100%. I'm just saying. But if you look at the Cam Akers timeline, you look at his timeline, and I'm not talking week one. I'm just saying that come early October, he's going to be back to James Robinson status, in my opinion. And I know you're a little biased with Travis Etienne, but hear me out here. Um, then you got Michael Carter, who, again, is not the one, but I still think he's going to be involved to some capacity. So I think the running back situation you look at, you're good. I think the tight end situation, if you wrote, you look at, you're good. You have TJ Hawkinson, who's a tight end one. You have two young rookies. Jeremy Rucker, obviously, your, your Jets guy. But Baltimore Ravens have been praising Isaiah Likely. So I think that's actually the better pick. Uh, and then you have Tyler Conklin, who is, as of now, Tight end one, tight end two in New York with CJ Uziyama. Is that Japanese? I really wish it's Japanese. Anyway, uh, if he goes all in on the quarterback situation, the wide receiver room remains a huge question mark because you have Justin Jefferson, you have Elijah Moore. But other than that, you have Michael Gallup, who already came out today. He's not playing. He's not playing week one because he tore his ACL late in the season, but I don't think he got surgery until after the playoff game. Because he waited a few weeks. We're talking MLK day that he got surgery. So, again, everyone's different. Every injury is different. Uh, I do love Sky Moore. I saw a little clip of him today burning um, uh, Georgia cornerback Baker. Uh, ba- Buda Baker. No, not Buda Baker. Um, the, the Baker's- DeAndre, DeAndre Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the convict who the Giants drafted. It wasn't a convict. Strike that the from the record. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, but beyond that, I mean – one of the guys get hurt, one of them the guys has a bye, there's not a lot of depth there. So if you push all your chips in the pot, which he's been on record saying, I want Rodgers, I want Kyler, then all of a sudden you look at that wide receiver room and you just, you, you goo. 
That's yeah. really the only thing you can do. So all you can do is, is goo. goo. So while shrimp, and again, I think you were a little bit more critical on him last year than I was. That's I'll own that. Yeah, no, I again, think I might have been. I might have been one year early. <laughs> You're gonna hear my prediction. And, I, and I was critical, but not as critical as you. Um, he surprised everyone, and he surprised everyone to a playoff because I think it was just the shrimp powers. I think it was a little bit of lady luck. But as we go into this year. Um, I'm sure you're going to have the same sentiment I am. I'm fading the shrimp this year. I think he's going to be probably around a 500 team. I think he's going to be in that top six picks heading into next year. I know he gave away a one for Michael Carter last year. Um, so, again, does he does he get creative in the trade situation halfway through the season once you realize that the playoffs might not be a reality? Again, two weeks from now is the vet draft. I could be eating my words because he could just shift and do a bunch of things. He could make some trade pieces after. I'm not sure, but at the way it looks now, I'm not on the shrimp. I'm going to fade him. I'm going to say 7-7 seven and seven at the absolute highest, probably more like a 6-8. and eight. Yeah, uh, I think while it may seem like the right move for him to go all in for a quarterback, I think it would be a big mistake. Um, the season is long. Uh and hard. And he knows that he can roll with one quarterback. Uh, I think he would be better suited to get a guy like Baker, a guy like Brissett, just someone, a placeholder, right. someone who's going to put points up and then try to bolster some of these positional rooms with mid, mid-tier mid guys and yep. have some money to go into the free agency with. I think if he gets a Kyler, it'll be a shiny piece, but I think it'll ultimately be the downfall. Mm-hmm. Uh I think he's going to do that. Uh, I, I think maybe to his own demise, uh, he's going to do that. And I'm going to have him pegged for a six and eight season um, because we've all played fantasy football forever. Nobody keeps a, a totally healthy roster. It's physically impossible to do. So you look at some of these rooms, where is there room for injury? Uh, and I, I just don't see it. Um, so... Maybe he's going to prove me wrong again. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to see it. I, I think uh, I think it would be good, be good for the league if the shrimp is is in the mix. But uh, I think he's up against it, and, and it's going to take some some heavy maneuvering in this vet draft to really put him in position to to be a, a force again this year. So I got him six and eight in the Palestine division. Well, I'll say one thing real quick. I'm just doing some quick math here. I'm a numbers guy, right? So let's just say he goes $70 on Kyler and or Rogers. It proves to be a big mistake, which, you know, we anticipate it. He goes six and eight. He misses the playoffs, right? Here's the positive outlook that I'm going to present. Heading into next year, he could cut... TJ Hawkinson because he has two rookie tight ends. He could cut Corey Davis because he's ass. He could cut Aaron Jones because he's going to be north of 60. And he could also cut whatever quarterback that he signed. Right now, just doing the math, that's $172. So, yeah. But you have all of those roster spots to then fill out again. 100%. 100%. But... Instead of doing it with $78, you're doing it now with $172. Get another beer. Yeah, go go for it. So, yeah, I think the shrimp is, you know, it's he's on the plank. He's walking He's walking the plank of the shrimp boat, right? And if he takes Kyler... And if he takes Kyler, he's jumping off the plank, but he can always swim back to shore and get back on the boat again. So... Terrible analogy. I'm yeah, that's really pretty with, bad. Not really good with analogies. He's not I'm, a pirate. I'm, He's a fucking shrimp. I'm better with ad reads, but I'm just saying, like, if he goes all in and he misses, um, I, I wouldn't mind. Again, going back to my whole point of put yourself in his shoes. He goes all in and he misses. All of a sudden, you cut three guys next year. You're back to 178 dollars in cap. Granted, with 16 players on your roster, but you have 178 in cap. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for the shrimp this year. Uh, I'm sure all eyes will be on him as usual. Our last highlight will be the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they finished last season with a very respectable seven and seven record in the 
Israel division. Remind me, Gino, did that get them into the playoffs? I, I, it did not. It did not. It was close, but there was some tiebreaker situations, if I remember correctly. I also – there were like four or five teams who had a shot at that last spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but – uh, they come in to this vet draft in a pretty good spot. They have $85 available, and they're currently employing 22 players. So they can make a pretty calculated decision uh, on where they need to bolster their lineup. Uh, they have four starting quarterbacks on their roster. They have Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Patty Mahomes, and Marcus Mariota. How many can you start in this league? You can only start two, Jim. Okay, but but that's a trade piece. It's a know. you know you, you you look at a team like the Shrimp. I'm oh, being a dick. No, I know. No, no, no for <laughs> sure. No, but but it's a valid point. But you look at yeah. a team like the Shrimp, right? And you say, I know that the JOS has been asking for exorbitant return for a Derek Carr, but why not explore a Mariota on a two dollar contract? Uh, why not explore a Derek Carr uh, when when? JOS has an embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position. Right. So uh, they're, they're in a good spot there. Um, the running back room is thin. Let, let's, not, uh, let's not fool ourselves. Najee's great, uh, but he's $49. That's expensive for a second-year guy when you think about a, a rookie running back draft right. this year. Um, Nahemius, love the guy. Uh, Mark Ingram's getting old. Dernis Johnson, he's going to be relevant. He only played last year because of those big injuries. Zach Moss, everything points to Singletary being the guy. Ramondre, maybe. Uh, and then Kenneth Walker, he's he's a first-round pick. Uh, but you got a Rashad Penny who came on really strong. And, and it's a Seahawks team who... Doesn't have Mr. on the Yeah, they project to be bad. <laughs> Uh, the the wide receiver room. Uh, I love Jalen Waddle. That might be the best contract in the league. Uh, I love Michael Pittman for fifteen dollars as well. Um, so then you got the tight end room that's got a couple of the eh guys. So in my opinion, there's a lot of different directions that they can take. They have eighty five dollars yep. to spread across three roster spots. They don't have to fill those three roster spots. I would imagine. Uh, a wide receiver too would be good. Uh, I would imagine a tight end one would be good. Yep. Uh, and then you can make the argument that you go for like a Rashad Penny or um, a, a, an Antonio Gibson, maybe on a discount uh, to bolster that running back room. But I think JOS is in a position to be flexible with that money. Um, and. Uh, if I were working with this roster, uh, I personally, in a league that requires you to start three wide receivers, I'd be looking at wide receiver here uh, as my as my big splash piece in the draft. I know they added Jahan Dotson, um, but beyond Waddle and Pittman, who are sim, I mean, they're they're PPR guys, even though we're not in a PPR league, but they're 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 volume guys that may not score as many touchdowns. So I think you could look at them to go for some of these bigger name wide receivers to try to really round that room out. But again, they're another team who's got a lot of options. They got two cooks in the kitchen. Hopefully they're not butting heads there and they have a very calculated strategy that they can take. The uh, cherry lane way. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, Gino? I mean, this is, this is another very interesting team. Yeah. He's in our division. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The only, no, snake guys is, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, we did two for two. Um, very, very interesting team. Very, very interesting situation heading into the vet draft. Like you said, embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position. Trade pieces with Mariota. Asking price is high, but potential trade piece with Derek Carr. Um, obviously, Patty Mahomes, top five guy. Trevor Lawrence going to have a really good career and a much better second year than he did. We're all set with quarterbacks. Running backs you nailed on the head. Outside of Najee, who is expensive. There is a big drop-off. Can you see Ramondre Stevenson earning running back one in New England? Yeah, but I'm I don't not, think he's ever going to. I don't think he's ever going to get the. It's not as the, it's, the volume. It's not his role, and it's also New England. And right? we're not again. We're not a PPR league, so he right. might catch balls, but hundred percent. 
Kenneth Walker, while I love this tape at Michigan State, I think went to one of the worst spots for him because Rashad Penny ended the season on such a high note. Mm-hmm. And all the reports since May have been Rashad Penny is going to get 15 to 25 carries a game. So I like Kenneth Walker. Um, I would have drafted Kenneth Walker in the late first round as well. But I can't bank on him this year. So I'm looking at the $85, and I'm saying Zeke, Antonio, Clyde, those guys could be in that range. Wide receivers, I'm going to have to disagree with you, and I think that he's completely set at wide receivers because he views Michael Thomas as his wide receiver three along with the Pittman and the Waddle man. So he's got him on a $4 contract. I think the, the Mike Thomas of last year will be the Calvin Ridley of this year, if that makes sense. It doesn't, I, but... A guy who... I mean, Michael Thomas didn't even play last year. That's why the Calvin Ridley of this year. Well, whatever. So you draft a guy in the vet draft for I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Who, yeah, again, hard to trust, hasn't played in a while, but can have some nice dividends for you down the road. Now, Michael Thomas is healthy. Michael Thomas is up to PUP. Allegedly. I I, I don't know how Michael Thomas is going to do. I rather trust Chris Olave. I might be biased. But JOS is going into the season trusting Michael Thomas as their number three. And I like Jahan Dotson. I've liked him at Penn State. I liked him even more. I think they're set at the wide receiver position. Where they're going to make a splash, in my opinion, should be, not what they are going to do, should do, is go after big tight end. I mentioned it with Sanchez, how he was thin with tight end. And if he gets that elite tight end, he might go over. This might make or break JOS not making the playoffs again, to making the playoffs. Um, because you look at Tyler Higby, who is a racist, who just hasn't been a good tight end. You He's know, a good man. Throughout his fantasy career. He's a reformed man. Logan Thomas tore his ACL, PCL, and I think MCL. And he's, what, 30 years old? Logan Thomas? No, no, no. He's, he's a converted quarterback from Virginia no, I know Tech. who he is, but, he, but he, he strikes me as an old guy. Nah, I think he's in his mid to late 20s. And then Trey McBride, who is a very good prospect. Uh, I don't think he's going to be productive unless Zach Ertz gets hurt or goes away. And we hyped up Zach Ertz at the beginning of the show, so I can't really contradict myself and speak out of both sides of my mouth. I don't think Trey McBride is going to be that big of a factor in 2022. So if I'm JOS and I'm the brain trust of Cherry Lane of Aramont, I'm looking at it saying I got $85. If you spend $50-plus on a guy – you're probably cannibalizing yourself from a cap position on what you could do with the other position, if that makes sense. So if you go all in on the running back, you probably won't be able to afford a Waller or a Pitts. If you go all in on a Waller or Pitts, you probably won't be able to afford that really good RB2, if that makes sense. So he's got a decision. He's got a, a pretty hard decision to make because if you trust Kenneth Walker, which I don't, and if you trust Ramondre Steven, which I don't, then you go RBs, but... It'll be very, very interesting to see what they do. Um, again, either way that they go, there's still going to be a void. So can you go into the season with Tyler Higby as your tight end one? Yeah, but I don't think the rest of the roster is strong enough. And again, if they bolster that and get Waller or Pitts, could you go in as just Najee and then a drop-off? I don't think so. So I just want to let you know, Logan Lamont Thomas Sr. is 31 years old. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He is 31 years old. He just turned 31. Either yeah. way. <laughs> Drafted in 2014. Yeah, no, I remember his college. I, I was in college when he was in college. Could you go to Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech, yeah. He was a quarterback. Yeah, quarterback there. Yeah, but he tore his ACL, um, and it was a bad injury. But, again, even if he's healthy, I, I just I can't trust it. Um, so I think whichever, whichever direction that JOS goes, if he goes heavy in the running back or if he goes heavy in the tight end, it's going to leave a void. Uh, I think that void is going to be substantial enough where he's going to be impacted on a week-to-week basis, and I think that's going to cost him at the end. I think a very, very similar finish from last year with JOS, tight until the end, and can make that playoffs as that five or six seed, but he's going to have some luck go his way, and he's going to need some production from guys that we're not pegging, like a, no pun intended, like a Thomas, uh, like a Ramondre Stevens, and like a, you know, Tyler Higby, but I'm going to give him that seven and seven range as well. I think a fringe playoff team, a lot has to happen, and we'll have more clarity, obviously, in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, 
He's in our division. Uh, we battled with him until the end for that last roster, uh, last playoff spot. <laughs> None of us got it. But uh, I, I think um, it's interesting. You look at this roster. We're talking about this year. But obviously, uh, Mahomes won't be on the roster after this year at $86. It's kind of almost crazy that he's on it this year. But, uh, yeah, you know, that those four quarterbacks – are great, but unless they trade one of them, I can see there being a situation where Trevor Lawrence takes a bit of a jump, right, in this year. Uh-huh. And then you're trying to make that decision every week between uh, Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence, which I don't think any of us really are good enough at this to, to know who, who's going to be the guy any given week. But that's a, it's a good problem to have, but it could become a problem. So uh, I, I think it's important possible to predict we're going to do this again once we get out of the vet draft but what my opinion i think Derek Carr is is the guy you start yeah of course but if if trevor lawrence comes out of the gate firing uh i know and he's not he's not a rookie on a 12 dollar contract he's a second year guy on a 21 dollar yeah contract, it, it makes so a difference you're almost forced to start him i get it no i mean there's no, tough, i don't think there's any of that thing. nonsense going on but i i, I think Derek Carr gets a guy like Devontae, you think like, ah, oh, he's got to be better. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, and so I think if if Trevor Lawrence does come out firing and, and Derek Carr sputters out of the gate, like how do you, how do you make that decision? Th- th- we're getting into the semantics here, but at the end of the day, the, 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 at, before this vet draft has happened – we're basically saying, do we trust them to allocate those $85 properly? Uh, right. and, and they have so many areas, I think, that they can address um, that, like, I don't, I don't know what I would even necessarily be doing here. I think it's going to take a lot of collaboration between the two owners. And on the day of the vet draft, a lot of composure. So they finished seven and seven last year, which is which is very respectable. It's right in the mix. We mm-hmm. we half of our league er, makes the playoffs, um, and I I agree. I think they're going to be in a very uh, similar spot. I think it's a bit of a cop out to say they're going to be seven and seven again, but before this vet draft, I don't know what's going through their head. So I'm going to say seven and seven again. It's right. like, it's an easy choice, uh, but we're going to come back to this in about a month. Um, and we'll have a much more informed, uh, you know, decision to make here. So it's interesting, but they're the type of team where there's so many directions that they can go right now with their money and their roster that it's almost stupid for us to try to predict what's going to happen. But, uh, seven and seven, uh, with the, I would say with two games on either side as Uh a give or take, um, So, Gino, we're at the 57-and-a-half-minute mark. I think we've done well today. Done uh, great. Before I close it out, do you have anything uh, you want to touch on? we got four teams. Maybe you can tell everyone who we're going to be. And you could do the process of elimination, but who are we going to be talking about next week? Yeah, next week's going to be a very interesting one. Um, we're going to do both. These are yeah. our, our high-roller teams. Both Diaz-Albertini brothers, which, I mean, that's always interesting. You know, you get two. Uh, we get the older Puglisi. Uh, so Gumbo with a, a assortment of cap now. Uh, obviously, always a big fan of the pod. Probably the number one fan of the pod, if I have to guess. Um, Outside of the Trident factory workers. Well, correct. I mean, uh, it's just a, a different cohort we're talking about. Uh, and then last, but obviously certainly not least, <clears throat> they did move back the vet draft, is the Viola crew, uh, the brain trust of Motley Jew, which is Stein and Ducey. And let, let me just say, I have a bone to pick here with... with- I, actually, I actually don't care at all. Um, I'm just saying it for the show. I do not care if the draft is... The no, 11th. no, no. This is nothing to do with the draft. This is going to be something that maybe you don't know about. You take it away. And, and, and you know what? Uh, I'm four deep. <laughs> they're telling me... Oh, I'm not going to even say they. This is Sir Deuce Schwartz. Jason Steinman was very respectable. He was throwing a couple of likes, a couple of emphases on text Love messages. Guy. But Deuce had the gall to tell me that I hate... Uh, I hate democracy and that I support communism as a, as a, as a leader. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me lay this one out there for you. If, if you make it 59 minutes into this pod and you are still listening, uh, Motley Jew employs a player by the name of Cordero Patterson. He's a running back. That's where he's listed on the depth chart. 
Apparently, there's rumors coming out of camp that he is going to line up as a wide receiver. I have been requested to change his position in the platform to wide receiver because of competitive advantage, what have you. You all play fantasy football. This is the league's decision, whether you play on Yahoo, ESPN, my fantasy league. The data that they collect from the team is how they decide what position that they play. So, Deuce, you know what? You're a big boy. I'm putting you on blast right now. I think it was a ridiculous thing to ask for. I do too. Um, and, and I think the league probably agrees. So, Cordero, as it stands, will be a running back. And if they decide that he's a kicker come September 8th, the league will make him a kicker. That's well put. My closing argument, Robert Woods averaged 14.68 points last year. DK Metcalf averaged 13.8. DK Metcalf did not miss a game due to injury. We all know Robert Woods missed eight. Well, that that doesn't affect the points per game, you fucking numb nuts. I'm just saying, Robert (laughs) Woods is really good. I'm out. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Under the Husk. Go get that corn.